So again, I want to emphasize the main aspect of expository preaching is simply to explain the biblical text. We explain its context. We explain its words. We explain its big themes. We explain the biggest theme of the Bible. That's the person and work of Jesus the Messiah. We explain it in light of its original languages. We explain the promises and the gifts given to us in the scriptures. We we sometimes call those, those the indicatives. We also explain the commands and exhortations of the scriptures. We sometimes call those the imperatives. We explain the scriptures in their historical context. We explain it in its practical application and relevance to life. Do you see what I'm talking about? We are given the job of explaining the scriptures to people. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 192. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. And our featured guest for this week on the podcast is uh, pastor, author, Bible commentator, uh, David Guzik. Uh, David is a a well-known figure and influence uh, in many lives, uh, including my own, and I'm honored to be able to share this content uh, this week on the podcast. Uh, This was recorded uh, back in September in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, We had our first post-pandemic or post-lockdown in-person training events. Now, these in-person training events are kind of the core of who the Expositors Collective is all about. Uh, The podcast is kind of a a secondary wing of our main emphasis, which is these in-person two-day training events. And you're going to be able to listen in uh, over the next couple of weeks on what it is that we do at our training events. Uh, David Guzik starts us off by speaking about the value and the power of expository preaching. Uh, He spends time defining what expository preaching is. He contrasts this type of Bible teaching with some other methods that are out there. And I believe that this episode is going to help you in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. Okay, here's David Guzik. Good afternoon, everybody. Very pleased that uh, I can be with you and you can be with us and we can all be together. Uh, It is a great 24 hours that we have in front of us here for this Expositors Collective. So let me get right into it. We want to concentrate things and get right to things for you. So what I'm here to talk about with you regarding is the value of expository preaching. But maybe I should begin by talking about what is expository preaching. Although I have to begin with a little bit of a caveat. In my uh, presentation with you here this afternoon, I am going to use the terms expository preaching and expository teaching interchangeably. I understand that we can make a distinction between the two, and that might be helpful sometimes. But if you hear me say teaching or preaching, I'm really referring to the same thing, presenting the word of God and trying to do it in what we would call an expositorial manner. So what does it mean to exposit? Well, to exposit is simply to explain 
It comes from the same basic word as to expose. The idea with exposing something is not that you're creating something, but rather you're discovering it, you're explaining it, you are exposing it. You're taking the veil off of something so that other people can see it. In expository preaching, the words and the thoughts of the preacher are directed towards helping people to understand the biblical text. Now, non-expository preaching generally starts with an idea or a theme from the preacher. I have the idea or the theme. Hey, I'd like to preach about. And then I go to the text and find some supporting verses for that. And then I preach what I want to preach about using some of the scriptures as an illustration or example. Now, non-expository preaching can also come from somebody who starts with the text. Okay, I just gave you a very topical example. I start with the topic, go to the text, get a few verses. That's non-expository preaching. But non-expository preaching can also be this. I'm going to preach on Romans chapter 3. I say, everybody open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. I start reading Romans chapter 3. But what I teach on and what I talk about really has no connection with Romans chapter 3. Surely we've heard a message like that or two in our lifetime. Maybe some of us have preached a message like that or two in our lifetime. If a preaching is non-expository, it could be topic-driven, it could be motivational, it could be an emotional appeal, it could be evangelistic in its emphasis. Now, let me say, expository preaching can have all those emphases as well. Expository preaching can be motivational. If the text is motivational, it can be inspirational. If the text is inspirational, and just so on. But the ideas and the themes of the message flow from the text. I like what D.A. Carson said about expository preaching. He has this quote. The expository sermon must be controlled by a scripture text or texts. Expository preaching emerges directly and demonstrably from a passage or passages of scripture. Now, we believe in a principle, uh, theologians and systematic theologists call it the perspicuity of the scriptures. That is, we believe that with the illuminating help of the Holy Spirit, the Bible can be understood. Now, of course, we don't mean in every exact detail, not that there's not difficult passages, but in the main, in the whole, with the illuminating help of the Holy Spirit, we can understand the scriptures. Yet we also believe that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit brings illumination to the scriptures is through gifted pastors and teachers that he has given to the church. So, can everyday believers understand the Bible when they open it up and read it? Absolutely, we believe that. But we also believe that God uses gifted expositors of the scriptures to help believers understand and to grow in their understanding. So again, I want to emphasize the main aspect of expository preaching is simply to explain the biblical text. We explain its context, 
We explain its words. We explain its big themes. We explain the biggest theme of the Bible. That's the person and work of Jesus the Messiah. We explain it in light of its original languages. We explain the promises and the gifts given to us in the scriptures. We we sometimes call those, those the indicatives. We also explain the commands and exhortations of the scriptures. We sometimes call those the imperatives. We explain the scriptures in their historical context. We explain it in its practical application and relevance to life. Do you see what I'm talking? We are given the job of explaining the scriptures to people. I like something Al Mohler said about this. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but you'll catch the exaggeration to get the point, I hope. He says this, your job as a preacher is a very simple one. This Sunday, you stand up, read the text, explain the text, and sit down. Next Sunday, you stand up, read the text, explain the text, and sit down. The next Sunday, you stand up, read the text, explain the text, and sit down. Now, of course, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you catch the heart behind it. You know, sometimes uh, what we try to talk about from the scriptures seems almost completely unrelated to the text. I'll never forget years ago, and I heard this on the radio. I heard Charles Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll, preaching on the radio, and he began his message with the most hilarious, outrageous story you could imagine. I mean, it was just a barn burner. And then he said something like this. I remember very clearly, even though I was young at the time. He said, he said, that story doesn't have anything to do with my message, but it was so good, I couldn't pass it up. Now let's get into the text. And in a way, I really respected that. Even at that time, I said, well, good. He's not pretending. He's not trying to fold the story in. He just had to get that off his chest. Now let me do the work of an expositor. I think that's a good attitude to take. Now, expository preaching is commonly done by preaching verse by verse through books of the Bible. And that's good. That is a great blessing uh, from the family of, you know, Christian expression in our country and around the world that I've grown up in and that I'm glad to be a part of, Calvary Chapel. I don't know if all of you are part of Calvary Chapel churches or not, but certainly you've experienced some of that influence. You're here at this particular conference. What I'm trying to explain to you is that verse by verse, book by book, Teaching through the Bible is a good and important way to do expository preaching. But this is what I want you to understand. Preaching can be expository without actually preaching verse by verse through a book of the Bible. I could take one verse or two verses, and if I truly let the message and themes of that one verse and two verse be that which dominates the message, and I explain to the people, then I'm expositing the scriptures. I'm just doing it one or two verses at a time. Friends, this is what I'm trying to say to you. It is wrong to think that verse by verse always equals exposition. And it's also wrong to think That preaching on a single verse or preaching on a topic can never be expositional. Yeah, I I don't know how many of you are aware of, but the man whom God marvelously used 
to, to, to be just, just sort of the forerunner, the guy who established the, the, the whole wonderful Calvary Chapel movement, Pastor Chuck Smith, he did not teach verse by verse through books of the Bible on Sunday morning. He did not do that. He focused on one or more verses from that evening's, Sunday evening's, through the Bible study. If he was teaching on uh, two or three chapters from the Gospel of Matthew on the Sunday evening study, he would pick one or two verses from those chapters in Matthew, and that would be his Sunday morning sermon. Yet, I would challenge you, that Sunday morning sermon was expositional because the themes, the thoughts, the applications flowed from the text itself. You see, a sermon may only take a verse or two and truly be expository, but, but well, a sermon may go through a passage of Scripture and not truly exposit it. I mentioned that to you before. You know, the person who's teaching through Romans, they read a few verses, and then they just kind of talk about whatever they want to talk about. Friends, read and ramble is not expository preaching, even if you say good things. I mean, look, let's be honest. This is some of the preaching that we've heard and that we've done ourselves. We say good things. We say things that might even be helpful to people in their Christian life, but it's not really connected to the text that we're supposedly teaching through. I think we need to do better if we're going to be expository preachers and teachers. Now, I love personally the emphasis on verse-by-verse teaching through books of the Bible. It's our way in the Calvary Chapel family and certainly my way of preaching. I just want you to understand it's not necessarily the only way. Whenever the Bible text is explained well, explained accurately, whenever it's explained faithfully, then expository preaching is happening. And by the way, Um, I I really don't know if I have my finger on the pulse enough of our current culture to know whether expository preaching is becoming more common and popular in the general Christian world or less common and popular in the Christian world of today. I, I don't know, but I hope that it would become more and more. And let me explain to you why. I believe that expository preaching is extremely valuable. And let me give you several reasons why. I think what I have here is basically uh, five reasons plus one. Uh, the, the first reason among the five is long. So let me spend some time speaking about the value of expository preaching in five plus one reasons, with the first one being very long. Number one, expository preaching is valuable because it follows the pattern of much of the preaching seen in the Bible. I'm not going to suggest to you for a moment that all the preaching in the Bible is expository. I don't believe that's true. But much of the preaching in the Bible is. For example, when we see in a passage like Mark chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and this speaking of Jesus, and he preached the word to them. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus Christ preached the word, he was preaching the Bible. Jesus preached the word. 
You can see it in Luke chapter 4, where Jesus did an exposition of Isaiah chapter 61. He read the text and explained it. Jesus was an expository preaching. I'm not trying to imply that all the teaching that Jesus did was expository, but certainly some of it was. We also know that the scattered disciples in the books of Acts preached the word. Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And then we have at least one, two, three, four, five references to Paul preaching the word. And friends, please understand, when it says that they preach the word, that is describing preaching sermons based on the text of scriptures. Matter of fact, Paul commanded others to preach the word. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he said, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. What does that mean other than preach the scriptures? We also know from the Old Testament that God wanted the entire law to be presented to Israel regularly. You can find a reference to that at Deuteronomy chapter 31, starting at verse 9. Again, God wanted the entire law to be presented to Israel regularly. We know from Nehemiah chapter 8 that Ezra is a good example of expository teaching. That he was someone who read the text and explained it to the people. We see in Isaiah chapter 28 that Isaiah taught line by line, precept upon precept. They thought that it was so simple and straight from the word of God that he was mocked for that kind of preaching. I would also say this that God manifests his word through preaching. I want you to consider this verse, Titus chapter 1, verse 3. Check this out. Listen carefully. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. Folks, this is the his word part. That is manifested or made clear or exposed or exposited through what? Through the preaching of God's people. That's what Titus chapter 1 verse 3 says. And we can also say that the gospel is preached through the word. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 24 and 25 says, The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. So do you see this repeated emphasis? Preaching the word both by example and command, the Bible gives us the command and the example to preach the word, to be expository preachers and teachers. That's number one. Number two, expository preaching is valuable because it puts the attention of the listeners where it should be. Believers, I believe that the attention of our listeners should be on the Bible text and what it says about God, about the person and work of Jesus Christ, about the condition of man, about what we should do, about what we've received, all of these things. It should be on the word of God. And I think that this is absolutely true for those of us who are believers. We need to hear that. 
But it's also true for those who are not yet believers. They need to hear and they need to have their attention, not just on the opinions or the perspectives of the preacher, but on the word of God itself. Number three, expository preaching is valuable because it gives authority and confidence to the preacher. There's just something about that that's amazing, folks. You know, look, we could talk about a lot of topics. And when it comes down to those topics, I I may be no expert. I don't know if I have any expertise on it. Your opinion is just as good as my opinion. We could talk about it all day long. Maybe have a very interesting conversation. But when I speak about what's been clearly revealed in this book... I feel like I have apostolic authority and I feel like I am bold as a lion. I'm not just talking about my opinions. I have the boldness to say, this is God's word. And if we want to be able to present God's truth in confidence and with boldness, we need to emphasize the words of the text. Number four, expository preaching is valuable because it's obedient to the command to preach the word in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. And then also, it's how we rightly divide the word of truth. Think of that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The command for us as preachers and teachers to rightly divide your opinions. That's really not what it says, is it? No, you're to rightly divide the word of truth. That needs to be our focus. And then number five, Expository preaching is valuable because it is the proper response to the truth of the divine inspiration of the Bible. Friends, if we believe that the Bible truly is God's word, then what else do we have to share with the people? What could surpass this? This is the word of the living God. And look, I know you're brilliant. I know you're funny. I know you got a lot of interesting things to say. And, and God help you to use all those things in, in a God-glorifying way. But none of that should eclipse the power and the message and the theme clearly presented to us in the text. Now, those are the five aspects of the value of the expository teaching, preaching and teaching. Let, let me conclude with this. I'm going to give you the plus one. I said it was five plus one. Here's the plus one. Expository preaching is also valuable because it is helpful. Now, that's somewhat of a pragmatic argument. And I don't want you to think that we approach expository preaching just because it works, just because it's pragmatic to do so. No, I think it is helpful, though. You see, if something is given to us by God and it's right to do it, I think we should do it without measuring its immediate results. So we are to preach the word of God and to do it in season or out of season. Yet, I believe there are some wonderful, practical things that are helpful for us in preaching the word. Number one, expository preaching is helpful because it gives clear direction in regard to what should be taught. You you don't have to agonize on a Saturday afternoon, oh Lord, what should I preach for the weekend services? You got the text right in front of you. The text gives you a theme and a subject. Number two, expository preaching is helpful because it helps one deal with difficult subjects and topics that you would rather avoid. 
We're all like this. There's all things that we would rather, what, it's just not our favorite thing to speak about, but it's important. The people whom you're teaching and preaching to, they need to hear what God's word says about these things. When you go verse by verse through a book of the Bible and let it truly flow in an expository way, you are going to give service to those things. Then third and finally, I would say this. Expository preaching is helpful because it models good Bible reading in some ways. In other words, you are opening up the Bible in front of your people and you are walking them through the text and you're showing them how it makes sense, how it applies to life. And they can apply those same principles. Hey, maybe I can open up the book and read it and God will speak to me and God will show me what his word says. And it's a wonderful way to model good Bible reading and receiving practices among your people. Friends, those are some simple expressions of the value of expository preaching. Now, let's spend some time talking about the nuts and bolts of how we can do it better. Well, thanks, David. And so as he just said that we're going to get into the nuts and the bolts of sermon preparation. And that's a big feature of our in-person training events. Uh, We have group leaders. It's very workshop-oriented. It's based on personal coaching and improving in our interpretive skills and also our communication skills. And so we have another one coming up in Costa Mesa, California, and it's going to be taking place either at the end of January or in February of 2022. So do be on the lookout for that. But speaking of the nuts and bolts, uh, speaking of um, interpreting the Bible in an accurate way, well, one of the things that you need to know as you are preparing to interpret and then later on present uh, a passage from the Bible, one of the important questions is, what genre is it? What kind of writing am I reading right now? Is it poetry? Is it history? Is it law? Is it apocalyptic? Uh, That underlining question is actually quite important. And next Tuesday, I have a delightful and informative conversation with Christy Anyabile about the importance of understanding genre as we look into God's word to prepare to teach it in public. I'm going to leave you with a clip from that episode and make sure that you are subscribed either on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts or consume these. Make sure that you subscribe so that next Tuesday, this conversation with Christy Anuabile about genre comes automatically to your phone or to your device. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that clip and I hope to see you next Tuesday. The Bible is, it is one story, but they also think it's one, people often think it's one thing. Mm -hmm. So when you read it, you will read all the Bible as, um, you'll read the whole Bible as, you know, people will say, well, you read the Bible literally. Um, Well, (laughs) if we read all of the Bible literally, then, excuse me, we definitely would not be 
keeping genre in mind because we don't read things like poetry literally. We know that poetry uh, gives us imagery and lots of metaphors and word pictures and things like that. And they're not meant for us to be read literally. So it's not, you don't meld together everything or even Proverbs, wisdom literature. Um, we, we don't read it literally, but we read every book of, the, we might not read every book of the Bible literally, but we do read every book and every genre literarily, meaning according to its literary genre. And so that's what I mean by it's not like one bland thing. And, you know, we kind of read monotonously and we're, if we're trying to figure out like, what does this proverb mean? Train up a child in the way she should go. And when you get old, he won't, he won't depart from it. Well, if I take that literally, then that means no believers should have any unbelieving children, right? You know, and we know that's not the case. So if I don't take that completely literally, but I understand it literarily, and I want to know, well, what is the proverbial wisdom, the general truth that I take from this? And then how do I apply it? Then I think you get much more accuracy from how we read and understand the text. So I think that kind of melding together and making the Bible all one thing can really lead us to a lot of error and inaccuracy in how we interpret the scriptures. Um, And we want to say what God intended that writer to communicate to us. That's what we want to communicate to the people that we're teaching as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the the writer chose, or, and you could say the spirit of God even oversaw to, to, that Proverbs is written as Proverbs. It, it exists yes. within its literary context. Yes. And and then too, we if we say okay, so we interpret we interpret the Bible this way. You just can't take the gist of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of proverbial wisdom. Well, maybe yeah. that's how you understand Proverbs, but that's not really how we understand Romans chapter you know one two three I- any of Romans. You know, yeah. we have to have we, we look at hey letters are written in an epistolary way, we need to understand mm-hmm. them in that way yeah. and to have yeah. the distinctions between the different kinds. We're not, you're not saying that some parts of the Bible are more true than others or more relevant right. than others, but they need to be understood in their, I guess I can't think of another word, but genre. Yeah. But yeah, in, know, in right? the literary genre. <laughs> can't get around it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, for another example would be the law. We think about, well, this is a command. Yes, there are commands throughout scripture, but when you read the law, those commands were given in a specific context to people. And God was trying to communicate something uh, of, about himself and about the people and their ability or inability. Mm-hmm. Um and was pointing us even to Christ and how he would fulfill the things that the people, you know, just couldn't. You can read Hebrews even um, to that helps us interpret a lot of the law that we read in the Old Testament. So um, that's another thing. But sometimes when people say, well, this was a command from God, like, yes, it was a command. <laughs> but we have to consider it within the context of um, the, the law genre to understand why these who these laws were given to and why and then what do they mean for us today like how do we interpret them through the work of christ and then how do we apply them today 